0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Shoots. This is episode 32 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft, and this is the final Ready for the Draft podcast before the NFL draft. We are recording this podcast in the early morning hours of April 27th, that's right, Later on today, this evening, primetime, Roger Goodell will step to the podium and will officially declare that the Carolina Panthers will be officially on the clock. All the months leading up to this, we've had a season. Really, the preseason was where things started, getting getting everyone introduced to all of the draft eligible prospects, and then throughout the season, watching games being able to discuss some of the different players. Then we get into the pre-draft process from the combine to the workouts, bringing all of that together. Now culminating with this final mock draft that I want to bring to everyone. Really what I want to do is break down the mock draft, talk about all 31 picks in round number one, and then kind of break down my analysis for each of these teams. Heading into the first two days of the draft, So you'll have Thursday, April 27th, Friday, April 28th, round one on the 27th, rounds two and three on the 28th. Really kind of taking a look at what to expect, what I could foresee happening with these teams, some of the different targets, some of the guys that they should be looking for, and and some of the different positions as well. Really looking for fit, really looking for what we can see happen. And look, all bets are off. We're not talking about uh, any trades in my mock draft i'm really just trying to pinpoint where i think these guys are going to go and around where they should be coming off the board when that happens my final mock draft all seven rounds is available on my website readyforthedraft.com you can go check out all seven rounds i've got an analysis for the first three rounds i've got all seven rounds though covered all 259 picks So what I want to do right now is just go ahead and jump into round number one, release my final mock draft, and then we can start talking about really the strategy that I could see happening and what's playing out for a lot of these teams. So with the first overall pick, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. We knew that was going to happen, right? You know, that's really everything leading up to that. Number two overall, the Houston Texans select Tyree Wilson. Defensive end, Texas Tech. You know, And and really when you look at this, you talk about Will Anderson. That's really where a lot of the talk has been. Same thing with Aiden Hutchinson a season ago. Trayvon Walker ultimately surges ahead. I see the same thing happening with Tyree Wilson. We'll talk about why here in a minute. With the third overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals select Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle, Ohio State. Now why would they take an offensive tackle? We'll talk about it, but a lot of that leads back to Kyler Murray and being able to protect the investment there at the quarterback position. I think uh, Monty Austinforth, the, the GM, really looking at this. And look, Kyler Murray, 131 sacks in 57 games. you got to keep him healthy. You give Paris Johnson to book in with DJ Humphreys. I think that makes a lot of sense. With the fourth overall pick, the Indianapolis Colts select Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky. Not CJ Stroud. No, I I think ultimately what we're looking at here is uh, Jim Ursay and and Chris Ballard looking for kind of that next big strong-arm quarterback. C.J. Stroud doesn't really fit that mold. And and so I, I think ultimately Will Levis is going to be the guy. Look, play action, that's where he excels. You've got one of the best, if not the best, running back in the NFL when healthy, and that's Jonathan Taylor. Imagine that combo taking place. Number five, fifth overall pick, the Seattle Seahawks select Will Anderson, Jr., outside linebacker, Alabama. No Jalen Carter? When Will Anderson falls into your lap there at number five, I think Seattle looked best player available. You end up taking Will Anderson. I know Jalen Carter, and really if you're talking about all things being equal, what's happened with some of the off-field issues with Jalen Carter, you ultimately lean the way of Will Anderson, Jr., and you get your pass rusher. At number six, the Detroit Lions select Devin Witherspoon, Corner, Illinois. Wait, no Jalen Carter? I know they need help there at that defensive tackle position. And and this is, could be where Jalen Carter comes off the board. But I just look at the fact that Jeff Okuda was traded away to the Falcons. You need a number one. And I know that they've addressed the position with Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, Jerry Jacobs uh, as is kind of the, the incumbent there. But you need a number one. Devin Witherspoon fits what Dan Campbell wants to do. That's why I've got him coming off the board there at number six. With the seventh overall pick, the Las Vegas Raiders select Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, Oregon. They need a number one overall corner. And, you know, that lockdown guy on the outside, they don't have a number one. Christian Gonzalez could be that guy. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons select Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. Now, obviously, there's a lot of attention on the defense. and has been over the course of this offseason. You add a running back to the skill positions that are already surrounding Desmond Ritter, and things really start to get interesting there in the NFC South. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. At number nine, the Chicago Bears select Jalen Carter, defensive tackle Georgia. We know his draft stock could take a hit. The Bears... Once could have taken him at number one overall. He slides to nine. They're still able to pick up Jalen Carter. Look, the Bears need help everywhere. I know everyone talks about the offensive line. This could be where Peter Skoronsky goes, but at the end of the day, if Jalen Carter's on the board, that's where Jalen Carter's going. With the 10th overall pick, the Philadelphia Eagles select Peter Skoronsky. offensive tackle, Northwestern. This is where things, I, I think, could really get interesting. If Bijan's still on the board, he could go there. I know Philly loves... Uh, Nolan Smith. You need a defensive end that could happen as well. I think if the Eagles get the right offer, someone looking for a quarterback, they could trade down and still be able to get Peter. Skaronsky. Don't trade down too far because Peter Skaronski is going to go anywhere in that 10 to 15 range. But you know, really looking at at 10, this is a luxury pick, and I, I really think that that Skaronski would solidify that group up front and also be a guy for the future when you're talking about Lane Johnson potentially walking away after the end of his contract in, in 2025 Tennessee Titans at number 11 select CJ Stroud quarterback Ohio State now Tennessee they could also go offensive line this could be a spot for for uh, Peter Skoronsky I just look at this team they need a quarterback everything's been built around Derrick Henry they don't have that passing game Ryan Tannehill is not going to bring it CJ Stroud falling to 11. Could Tennessee trade up? All of those scenarios are possible. I just think C.J. Stroud would be the guy that would fit in uh, there in Tennessee. It's clear Malik Willis just is not ready to take over a franchise. You get C.J. Stroud in there. At number 12, the Houston Texans select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Now with Houston, they don't go quarterback at number two. They got to get a quarterback at some point. Davis Mills, Case Keenum, not going to be the future of that franchise. Anthony Richardson could potentially be that guy. As long as you can get you know, can clean up some of that footwork, the mechanics, if you can do that, maybe he ends up being a steal for you. At number 13, the Green Bay Packers select Jackson Smith and Jigba. Wide receiver, Ohio State. They moved up two spots. a leapfrog New England. Why? Either a receiver or an offensive tackle. And I look at it, they could go Broderick Green here, uh, Broderick Jones, excuse me. But I, I look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, they need that wide receiver. And really, you know, that's that's going to upset Aaron Rodgers fans. They didn't get a number one wide out when he was there. Why are they doing it now? But it just it feels like the right scenario, and the right fit for Green Bay. Jackson Smith and Jigba coming off the board at number 13. Number 14 overall, the New England Patriots select Darnell Wright. Offensive tackle, Tennessee. I look at this. Darnell Wright is a left tackle that was playing right tackle in his mind. I think that's what he's come out and said. I think he's at his best at right tackle. But you also have Trent Brown on the roster. I think these guys can be interchangeable at both left and right tackle. Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, they're going to love this duo. Darnell Wright, man, you, you put on the film and watch what he did against Will Anderson Jr. This guy's physical. He's light on his feet. And I think he's a guy that's going to be playing in the league for a long time. At number fifteen, the New York Jets select Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Georgia. You bring in Aaron Rodgers, you got to protect him. Really, don't know what's happening at uh, at left tackle. Mackay Becton, Dwayne Brown. Becton can't stay healthy. Brown is thirty-eight years of age. You know, and probably looking at retirement over the next couple of years. You get Broderick Jones in, protect the investment, and also be a guy that's going to lock down the left side for the future. At number 16, Washington Commanders select Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. Thought about corner, thought about Joey Porter Jr. here. They need playmakers at the cornerback position. But who's your offensive coordinator now? It's Eric Bieniemy. Who did he have in KC? Travis Kelsey. Who do the Washington Commanders not have? A guy that can play that position like Travis Kelsey. Dalton Kincaid could be Eric Bieniemy's Travis Kelsey in Washington. But the 17th overall pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Joey Porter Jr. cornerback, Penn State. The bloodlines are absolutely there. That that lineage. You know, this is going to be a second generation Porter with the Steelers. It just it, it feels right. It feels like it, it. Just it makes sense, right? They need a corner. Joey Porter Jr. You insert him into that. It makes it just makes sense, right? Um, you know, especially when you look at at this cornerback spot. Only Patrick Peterson is under contract beyond this season. You need corners. Joey Porter Jr. That length on the outside. That's going to be key for for Pittsburgh, especially if they want to ultimately upend the likes of Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. There in. Uh, the AFC North. At number 18, the Detroit Lions select Osiris Torrance, offensive guard, Florida. I almost went with a couple of different directions here. Almost went Kalajicancy at you know with the defensive tackle position. Also looked at if, if Jalen Carter was going to come off the board at number six. Was thinking Deontay Banks. But at the end of the day, I look at watching the uh, top 30 visits for the Lions. They bring in both Osiris Torrance and Steve Avila. Which tells me Dan Campbell is looking to upgrade at that guard spot. You have Taylor Decker, Pinay Sewell at the tackles. You've got Frank Ragnow at the pivot. You got Jonah Jackson who's going to be entering the last year of his deal. You need an upgrade at right guard for sure over Halapuli Vati Vaitai and Graham Glasgow. Osiris Torrance can absolutely fill that fit that bill. It would also be the insurance policy in the event that, that Jonah Jackson does end up leaving to me uh, bring some physicality there to that Detroit offensive front. Number 19, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Anton Harrison, offensive tackle, Oklahoma. Tristan Wirfs, is he a right tackle still? Is he going to move to the left tackle? Really the biggest thing was they, they let Donovan Smith go. He gave up over a quarter of their sacks a season ago while also giving you know being called for 12 penalties. He's gone. Anton Harrison can move in there at left tackle. Look, Tristan Wirfs was an all-pro at right, right tackle. If you don't have to move him, that would probably be the best-case scenario. Number 20 overall, the Seattle Seahawks select Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. Now, this is a guy that could come off the board at 14 to New England. But I look at Seattle, you have DK, you have Tyler Lockett, you've got Kenneth Walker, the third there at running back. You're building around... Geno Smith, give him additional weapons. Zay Flowers, I think he'd be the perfect fit there in the slot in Seattle. With the 21st overall pick, the Los Angeles Chargers select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. You look at this receiving core, you've got Keenan Allen and you've got Mike Williams. What's missing again is a guy that can stretch the defense and, and be able to uh, really complement what these guys are able to bring to the table. And when I look at Jordan Addison, who's the receiving receiver coach there? Chris Beatty joined the Chargers in 2021, but prior to that, he held the same position at Pittsburgh where he coached Jordan Addison. So I, I can see Beatty really pounding the table, wanting to bring in Jordan Addison. He knows the type of player that he's getting. The Bolitnikoff Award winner there at, at Pittsburgh, Chargers, you keep a USC guy there in LA. I could absolutely see that happening as well. 22, 22nd overall pick. The Baltimore Ravens select Deontay Banks, corner, Maryland. Deontay Banks brings some physicality there to that that uh, secondary. Marcus Peters is gone. He struggled mightily last year. Marlon Humphrey uh, did give up three touchdowns, 11.6 yards per completion against. Battled some injuries. You're going to need to get a guy that's going to be able to compliment him. Deontay Banks put on a show at the Combine, 4 5 42-inch vertical leap. You know, This is a, an explosive player. can also be physical, likes to jam receivers at the line, really good at rerouting. Once the Ravens sign OBJ, I think this one was going to be a no-brainer. It was going to be a corner. At number 23, the 23rd overall pick, Minnesota Vikings select Emmanuel Forbes cornerback, Mississippi State. Now, my first mock, I had them taking Anthony Richardson, likely you know trading up future with Kirk Cousins, what's going to happen there. They really haven't been able to take that next step with Kirk Cousins as quarterback. So thinking about the future, could they be a, a, that wild card to sneak up and, and get a quarterback? It's entirely possible. But if they stay put, I think they go cornerback. I think they could go receiver you know, if one of the top three receivers were available because Adam Thielen's gone. You need to get a guy in there that's going to team with Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, be that number two receiver. You know, So I, I could absolutely see that happening. But when you look at Minnesota, they did sign Byron Murphy to play the nickel. But you lose Patrick Peterson, you lose Cam Dansler, you lose Duke Shelley. You need to get another corner in there. And look, Emmanuel Forbes, you know, 14 career interceptions and the six pick sixes. Ball hawk. NCAA record with the six pick sixes. Also ran a 4-3-5-40. Yes, I know he's 166 pounds, but the Duke can just flat out play. For the 24th overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Lucas Van Ness, defensive end, Iowa. Now, look, Lucas Van Ness could go off the board in the top ten, but I kind of compare him a little bit to uh, George Karloftis, right? Because George Karloftis was talked about in the top ten, then it went into kind of the middle of round one, and then we know that he went off the board late round one to the Chiefs. Lucas Van Ness didn't start at Iowa and still was able to rack up 13 sacks in, in two seasons. He feels a lot like George Karloftis, um, you know, with some some raw physicality and, and athleticism. And uh, I look at Jacksonville. You already have Josh Allen. You have Trayvon Walker. What you need is a defensive end in that lineup. A guy that can bring some versatility, can rush the passer off the edge. You can also kick him inside. Very versatile uh, with with that skill set. He's just raw and needs some further development, some further polish to his game. But I think that would be a nice fit there for Jacksonville at 24. Number 25, the 25th overall pick, the New York Giants select Brian Branch, defensive back, Alabama. It was key to say defensive back because this guy could play in in the slot or, or a nickel. He can play safety over the top. He can play right around the line of scrimmage, uh, in the box, very versatile defender. You look at the Giants, they let uh, Julian Love go. And you look at this group, they also didn't sign um, Landon Collins or Tony Jefferson. Bobby McCain was brought in to start next to Xavier McKinney. Uh, Darnay Holmes is currently slated as the nickel, but Branch can cover all of these roles and a very intelligent player. I think that'd be a great fit for the Giants. I had Emmanuel Forbes or Deontay Banks coming off the board here at one point or another, but I think the Giants, Brian Branch, they may have to trade up to get him. But if they if he's able to, uh, you know, they're able to just stay put and have him fall to them, I think that'd be a great scenario for the Giants. With the 26th overall pick, the Dallas Cowboys select Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame. Dallas needs a tight end at some point. Dalton Schultz left in free agency. Now, if they don't try to make a play for BJ uh, Bijan Robinson, because we know that look, the Ezekiel Elliott era is gone. They need a, another weapon to complement Tony Pollard, whom they franchise tagged. And you look at at Bijan, that would make a lot of sense. But I look at that tight end spot. Michael Mayer comes in, could be that weapon for. Dak Prescott, I think it's a match made in heaven there. At number 27 overall, the Buffalo Bills select Drew Sanders, linebacker, Arkansas. Now, Bills, it's kind of difficult to really get a good read on what what they're going to be doing with this pick, right? You've got, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is gone. Devin Singletary, Roger Saffold, Isaiah McKenzie. Any one of these guys can potentially be replaced, right? So you're looking at Jordan Addison as a flowers. If it's a receiver to replace Isaiah McKenzie to play with Stefan Diggs and Gabriel, Gabriel Davis. It could be a running back like Jameer Gibbs, potentially be John Robinson to replace Devin Singletary to run with James cook, Roger Saffold. We know that he's likely not back. They did sign Connor McGovern to a three-year deal. And really unless they're not satisfied with, with Ryan Bates, you know, Osiris Torrance may not be the guy here. Um, So really at the end of the day, process of elimination they could also go edge rusher Um, they've already gone with quite a few edge rushers anyway when you think about it in recent drafts Um, between AJ Epinesa to Gregory Rousseau to Boogie Basham, I just think Drew Sanders is the type of guy you don't go with a lot of off-ball linebackers in, in round number one. But Drew Sanders is a guy that can rush the quarterback. He can drop into coverage, even though he's still learning that role. Um, very, very much a, a savvy player. 103 tackles, 13 and a half for loss, nine, and, nine and a half sacks, five pass breakups, interception, three forced fumbles. The guy just has a nose for the football, and he can do a lot of things that Tremaine Edmonds could do. Perfect fit next to Matt Milano. With the 28th overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Darnell Washington, tight end Georgia. You think about Darnell Washington, he's like another offensive lineman out there. We know that, that Jonah Williams has asked for a trade. He wants to play left tackle. O- Orlando Brown Jr.'s come in to take over that spot regardless of what ends up happening there um, at the tackle positions if you can bring in a guy like Darnell Washington to be that blocker be that six offensive lineman out there you know that's going to be huge but what Darnell Washington also brings is that athleticism that 4'6" 440 incredible length 408 short shuttle you know this is a guy that you know can also show off. you know he's got 34 and a half inch arms can be a red zone nightmare, a guy that can stretch the seam for you as well. Joe Burrow would love to get a tight end like that in this offense. But the 29th overall pick in the NFL draft, the New Orleans Saints select, Kalijah Cansey, defensive tackle, Pittsburgh. I think this is a guy that could end up going you know, as high as 18 to the Lions. Um, you know, If the Eagles want to trade down, potentially go defensive tackle, because I know you know what you what you got there with with Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave is gone. This would be a great guy to team with Jordan Davis. But I look at the Saints. They've lost David Onyemata. They've lost Shai Tuttle. Um, so what, what really what are you looking at? You got you know Nathan Shepard and, and you know Kalen Saunders that they brought in. Just 17 starts between the two of them. Kalija Cansey, explosive, explosive, explosive first step. That'll also help the the pass rush with with Cam Jordan. Peyton Turner, Tonnell Passanio, and Carl Granderson. Uh, you know, so I, I really like that pick for New Orleans. At number thirty, the Philadelphia Eagles select Nolan Smith, outside linebacker, Georgia. Now, I want to be clear: Philly is drafting at number thirty, but this pick is not going to be at thirty. They love Nolan Smith. I still think they go offensive line with their first pick. They trade back into round one, and they get Nolan Smith. This is a guy that ultimately he looks a lot like Hassan Reddick. You know, we, we know that he ran that 4'3", at 6'2", 2, 238 pounds. This is a guy that's going to learn from Brandon Graham, who had 11 sacks, tied him with uh, Josh Sweat for the team lead. Ultimately, he can learn from him, learn from Derek Barnett. Both those guys are in their last year of their deal. And then this guy can take the field with Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. And, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense. The Eagles could also try to target... Uh, you know, Brian Branch, you look at the safeties, both Marcus Epps and Char- Chauncey Gardner Johnson are gone. Reed Blankenship, Terrell Edmonds are likely going to be the starters. Brian Branch just feels like a Howie Roseman guy, but I think Nolan Smith, they are truly interested in Nolan Smith the way that it sounds. Trading back into the teams is something that I could absolutely see happening. And then with the 31st overall pick, Kansas City Chiefs select Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson. Frank Clark is gone. George Karloftis needs a running mate. Miles Murphy makes a lot of sense. I don't know that the Chiefs are going to pull the trigger there at 31. They may also need to trade up, um, especially if Miles Murphy starts to fall. I think there are, uh, you know, look, 4'5", 140 at 6'5", 268 pounds. He may not be available when when the Chiefs are picking. They may want to trade up and get him, but uh, in terms of the fit, I love the fit. I think it makes a lot of sense. I could also see uh, the Jags pulling the trigger and getting Miles Murphy. You know, I can see Miles Murphy going as high as eight to the Falcons, get a, a defensive end like that playing with Ryan Nielsen. You know, a lot of different options there. So that's my first round. That's really what I see happening and kind of playing out, um, you know, my final mock draft. When you look at some of these teams and we talk about what's going to happen over the course of the three days, you know, if we talk about Carolina, we know Bryce Young is going to be that quarterback. But if we look at day two with Carolina specifically, you know, I think the first thing that you're going to be talking about is day two, 39 overall. I've got them taking Trenton Simpson, the linebacker, out of Clemson. Shaq Thompson, you know, I think you start have to considering life after Shaq Thompson. Frankie Luvu, career season in his first year there. I think Trenton Simpson is a guy that you could slide in and potentially – End up, uh, you know, he's gonna fit in well with, with Jeremy Chin. Chin can end up, you know, staying at the safety spot, and Trenton Simpson can really take on that role of uh, of linebacker. Carolina, they also have the, the 93rd overall pick. They need another edge rusher to, to team with Brian Burns. I look at Isaiah McGuire, defensive end out of Missouri, to be a guy that you could pick up there in round number three. Now, if you're talking about Houston, and we know that Houston. You know, they could go Tyree Wilson. Why are we doing that? Well, you look at D'Amico Ryans. What is D'Amico Ryans? He's a defensive-minded head coach. He was at San Francisco, and he started there in 2017. Who did they have? Eric Armstead. They had DeForest Buckner. Then in his first draft there, 2017, they trade back one spot to get Solomon Thomas. Two years later, it's Nick Bosa. What you've got there are a lot of long-limbed edge rushers. Guys that are that are big, they're physical. You look at what Tyree Wilson is going to bring to the table, an 86-inch wingspan, which is absolutely ridiculous. Not only did he have seven sacks in 2022, but also 50 pressures. To me, I look at this. Again, it feels a lot like Trayvon Walker and the traits versus Aiden Hutchinson. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Tyree over Will Anderson. And then at number 12, Look, they're probably not going to be drafting at 12, but they need a quarterback. You are going to see Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans wanting to move back up into the top 10. They've got 12 picks in the draft, so they have the capital to be able to do that. Which quarterback do they target? Could it be C.J. Stroud? Are they going to try to get ahead of Tennessee to be able to pull the trigger there? Or... So they kind of sit back and then ultimately allow Anthony Richardson to be the guy. That's kind of the way that I have it playing out right now. It's really hard to say whether or not um, they're going to be able to move ahead. That's really going to be the big question. Then they're at number 33. You lost Brandon Cooks. You need a vertical threat. Who's that vertical threat going to be? 33 overall. I had Jalen Hyatt penciled in there, but Quinton Johnston is the guy that could fall to round two. I know he ran that 4-4-9-40. You know, there are a couple of ugly drops at his pro day hands can be a question mark at, at times with this guy but look he's 6 208 vertical threat 60 catches for 1069 yards career 19 yards per reception proof that he can get down the field and uh you, know, you put him with anthony richardson and, and man they could have that that vertical game going for days there in houston it would be a lot of fun to watch i think texan fans uh you know, are really clamoring for that that role you, know, you already brought in uh, Robert Woods. You brought in Noah Brown. You get the vertical threat there, and I think you're you're really golden from there. 65 overall in round number three. You need a center, someone to compete with Scott Questenberry for the starting spot, Luke Whippler Two-year starter for the Buckeyes. Movement skills, 6'3", 303. I think he's the guy that can go in there and ultimately take over that spot. And then you have to figure a linebacker. At number 73 overall, pick from Cleveland, I'm looking at the Marvion Overshone this is a guy converted safety has tremendous range they they signed uh, Denzel Perryman and Corey Littleton in free agency but I think Overshown could be the future of the position really that next uh you know new age linebacker if you will I think that makes a lot of sense there for Houston keeping a guy there in state Arizona number three Paris Johnson Jr. it's going to be hard to pass on Willie Anderson Jr. right I mean especially with J.J. Watt Zach Allen leaving um, you know, that accounted for 18 of your 34 sacks. The only other guy that was able to get to the quarterback more than three times, or at least three times, was J Sanders. So Will Anderson Jr. makes a lot of sense, but you've got to protect Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. That's going to be huge. If you want to protect your investment, then I, I think Paris Johnson Jr., you team him with DJ Humphreys. I just think it makes a ton of sense. Then you, you take a look at, at round two. I actually have Jameer Gibbs coming off the board here. Could they go pass rusher? Absolutely. A second tier of, of defensive ends. Jameer Gibbs to me, you pair him with James Conner, and uh, it gives Kyler Murray some additional weapons. You know, there's been a lot of attention that's been brought, um, you know, to the, the, the defense in, in drafts. You know, this I think now's the time to kind of start paying attention to what you have there. Um, receiver position as well. I've got you know, Cedric Tillman there at number 66 overall. You've got DJ Hopkins. We know Nuke's asking for a trade. You've got Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, A.J. Green retiring as well. Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. Could he fall all the way to round three? It's entirely possible. I think that'd be a great pick. And then at 96 overall... And I realize that we don't have an edge rusher yet for Arizona, but I'm looking at Jair Brown out of Penn State. Buddha Baker demanded a trade uh, after not being made the highest paid safety. So looking for a depth piece there at that safety spot, a guy that can ultimately take over that, that starting spot. And Jair Brown, this dude's not afraid to mix it up. He reminds you a lot of Buda Baker with the way that he plays. And uh, you know, 96 overall feels like that could be, the the right landing spot for Jair Brown. The one caveat here with all of this is Arizona could very well go after an edge rusher. I think it needs to happen. So Will Anderson Jr. at three makes a lot of sense. If not day two targeting a guy like Felix uh, Anadike Uzoma um, or or Keon White makes a lot of sense as does Will McDonald the fourth. Then you look at Indy sitting there at number four overall. Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? Will it be Will Levis? I know that Jim Ursay is going to want a guy that gets in there right away. Shane Steichen. We've seen the development there with with Jalen Hurts. He can get in and really work on the development aspect with Will Levis. You know, you look at C.J. Stroud, and he is what he is, right? You know, the ceiling. You know, we, we know that he's going to have a higher floor, but does he have the higher ceiling? You know, I saw that Lance Zerline. I don't get into a lot of. Um, uh, comps you know that's really not not my my game my bag there are certain guys that really have a nice feel and say hey this feels a lot like so-and-so but I don't get into a lot of the comps Lance Zerline does a great job with the comps and he looks at CJ Stroud and says that's that's a that's a Jared Goff Jared Goff does that really excite you does that really move the needle and if the answer is no for Jim Ursay, then he's really going to be pushing for will levis to be that guy i just think culturally and really what indy's going to look to do especially with uh jonathan taylor there in the fold as at running back i think it just makes a lot of sense round two you need a corner uh especially with stefan gilmer leaving um and you look at it you know isaiah rogers uh, senior on the outside kenny moore there as well i look at dj turner ran that four two six forty at the combine um, you know, I think Tom Pellicero there at NFL Network you know, said it best. DJ Turner is a lot like Eric Stokes. Seeing the draft stock rise because of that 40 that he ran, I think Stokes was what uh, drafted 29 overall. I still think it's a little bit too rich for DJ Turner, but I'm looking at 35 overall there at the top of round number two. Makes a lot of sense. Gets Indy uh, another corner there. And, and the versatility, he can play outside, he can play inside. It really just kind of depends on where they want to want to line him up. And then at 79 overall, Colts, round number three, you've got Julian Blackman entrenched as a starter at one safety spot. Rodney McLeod, 32 years of age. I'm looking at Jamie Robinson there out of Florida State. This is a guy that can be a leader on the back end of the defense, also racked up 15-and-a-half career tackles for loss, seven interceptions, 16 pass breakups. This is a guy that I I think would fit well in uh, Indy on the back end of their defense. Number five is Seattle. What is Seattle going to do? Will Pete Carroll and John Schneider take a chance on Jalen uh, Carter? If you take a look at what, they, what they've what they done, they hit a home run with taking a lot of high character guys. Charles Cross, Kenneth Walker III, Abraham Lucas, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen. They brought back Bobby Wagner, re-signed Geno Smith. It looks like they may have kind of taken a turn, especially after what happened with Malik McDowell, who never played it down there in Seattle. If Will Anderson Jr. Is sitting there, you have to pull the trigger. I mean, just look at that 2021 tape: 17 and a half sacks, 31 and a half tackles for loss, 101 tackles. I think you know the the get off is there. That's absolutely there. He doesn't have elite bend. You know, there's some stiffness to him, so that's where uh, you know you worry a little bit. Can he beat guys one on one? Coming off the edge at the next level. That's ultimately why I think Tyree. You know, another reason why Tyree Wilson comes off the board first man, the skills to get after the quarterback. It just it feels right. Uh, already mentioned at number 20 that Seattle's going to take Zay Flowers, get that receiver in there to uh, team with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think that absolutely makes a ton of sense. Moving on to day two of the draft. You look at Seattle sitting there at number 37 overall. Geno Smith, you know, we know that he's betting on himself. You know We look at the contract. And uh, Hendon Hooker is a quarterback that could very well come off the board in round one. I mentioned Minnesota as a potential you know, team that could move up. They could stay put there at 23 and take Hendon Hooker as the eventual replacement for Kirk Cousins. If not, then Seattle sitting there at 37. They could trade back into round number one as well. You get a guy that could end up being that quarterback. Look, he's an older prospect. He's 25 years old, coming off an ACL tear that he sustained in November against South Carolina. But man, before that, completing nearly 70% of his passes, over 3,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, just two interceptions. He was well on his way to getting an invite to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Uh, ultimately, we know that that didn't happen, but I look at him. You know, I know he's an ascending prospect, a guy that could end up coming off the board in round one. If he falls to round two, then Seattle's got to snatch him up. 52 overall. Steve Avila, one of my favorite dudes. I think Steve Avila has an outside chance at round number one. If not, then sitting there, number 52 overall, this dude, is, he's physical at the point of attack, a guy that can get nasty, uh, a, a guy that, look, he's just a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, you, you turn on that, that game against uh, Georgia in the national championship, what he did against Jalen Carter, you saw some lateral movement, uh, things that people said that he didn't really have. You can absolutely see that in him. And uh, he's a guy that has that versatility to play both guard and tackle as well. Huge fan of Steve Avila. Uh, Seattle, they don't have any cards under contract after 2023. So I think that makes a ton of sense to snatch him up. Troy, number six. Look, they may be more comfortable with Jalen Carter. And ultimately, we could be talking about Jalen Carter at six and then Deontay Banks at 18. I think that does make a lot of sense. But Devin Witherspoon just feels like a Dan Campbell guy. That really makes a lot of sense to me. You get him there at number six. At 18 then, I mentioned the guard spot. already talked through that. Osiris Torrance. um, He would bring some physicality to that group. And I think that really makes a lot of sense. And really, when you look at at Detroit and what I think they could be doing is really putting some of that focus on day two with – that defensive front i look at 48 overall mozzie smith out of michigan detroit you've got mozzie sitting there at 63 323 pounds a guy that could be uh you know strong as heck i mean put up 225 34 times but also said to have bench press 335 20 times you see his, his ability to plug gaps he could also use his leverage and strength to manhandle blockers uh just using that forklift and, and driving guys back quick feet You see that as well. Have 48 tackles in 2022, sixth on the team there for the Wolverines. So we know he's got the power, he's got the athleticism, very active as well. You know, this is a guy you're looking for, uh, a guy that can hold up against the run. They weren't able to do that. A guy that can potentially get after the quarterback a little bit. Mozzie Smith, if you don't pull the trigger on Jalen Carter, I think the Lions need to go after Mozzie Smith. And then you look at uh, the tight end spot. We know that they need a tight end now that TJ Hawkinson is gone. No offense to, to Brock Wright. I just don't think he's a number one. Sam Laporta of Iowa, 6'3", 245. Watch this guy with his route running, his ability to attack the middle of the field, the man ma- making plays after the catch. That's something that absolutely jumps off the tape there when you watch Sam Laporta play. Uh, he's a guy to me that I think it, it just it makes a lot of sense as well, seeing what he's going to be able to do there. Uh, when you talk about the Lions in round number three, 81 overall is Devin Shane to me. You know, you look at, you know, you've got DeAndre Swift, you've got David Montgomery, but you need that dynamic weapon out of the backfield, That and, and Devin Shane is going to be able to do that. 10 meter guy, a 1,000-yard rusher there for the Aggies, also a solid receiving option. That's just going to give some versatility there to the Lions offense as well. Um, I just realized that with Seattle, I didn't talk about their third-round pick, and I uh, got to make sure that we talk about that. Olu Oluwatimi, um, Austin Blythe, uh, surprising retirement that brought in Evan Brown. I just don't think he's going to cut the mustard. This is going to be a guy that can come in and potentially start right away. So if you've got Avila and Oluwatimi to team there with uh, Abraham Lucas and and Charles Cross, you've got a young offensive line, but a very good. Offensive line, and if you can keep that unit together, man, that, that's going to be a formidable group there in the NFC West. So then you move on to the Raiders at number seven. Could they go quarterback? You know, I, I think there's some talk about that. I really don't see that happening. If anything, they could go with a defensive end, Max Crosby, 12 and a half sacks, Chandler Jones, just four sacks himself after signing that that deal, uh, three-year, 51 million. You know, no production. Um, you know, uh, behind those two guys, Cleveland Furl moved on to San Francisco. So you can see Miles Murphy come off the board here. Christian Gonzalez, though, you need a number one uh, lockdown corner. I think that makes too much sense for for Vegas there. At 38, here's where they get their edge rusher. They end up going with the Ade Adebare, 6'2", 282 pounds, 24 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks. We know that he's physical at the point of attack. We know that he's got the violent hands. But then he goes out and runs that four four nine forty at the combine. That's going to get him to move up draft boards. Some people have him in round one. I think that's a little bit too rich for him because the production didn't necessarily match what you saw from a talent standpoint, but this guy absolutely is a guy that we've got a pencil in there um, in, in round number two. That's really you know as far as he's going, and uh, I think the Raiders get another guy in there that could help Mac, uh, Max Crosby get after the quarterback. In round three, number seventy overall, they need another offensive tackle the team with Colton Miller, Tyler Steen out of Alabama could absolutely be that guy has tremendous length. They need a defensive tackle as well. Get, get address that up front. Carl Brooks, Bowling Green, 6'4", 303. If you haven't seen this guy play, 27.5 career sacks, 46 tackles for loss. was a defensive end there at Bowling Green. Bulked up, got over 300 pounds, could be an interior pass rusher for the Raiders. That's going to help out Max Crosby and company as well, being able to put pressure on the quarterback from within. And uh, so I think that makes a lot of sense there for the Raiders in round number three. Atlanta at number eight. Yes, they could go defensive end, Ryan Nielsen sitting there, but if you think about it, they added Clayus Campbell and Bud Dupree. One-year deals, I know, but you also have Lorenzo Carter, you have Arnold Abiquetti, you have D'Angelo Malone. They're all being coached by Ryan Nielsen, who what? Is known for developing defensive linemen. And you also know that he was the co-defensive coordinator with Chris Richard, both guys I went to school with. there at USC. They were co-defensive coordinators with the Saints, Finished top five in the league in sacks with 48 a, a year ago. All that attention to that group, I think, means that you could go elsewhere. You also trade for Jeff Okuda to team with A.J. Terrell. That gives him some of that flexibility. You put in Bijan John Roberts. It gives you a new dynamic for Desmond Ritter. You already invested in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. You got a steal with 1,000-yard rusher coming from Tyler Algier fifth round pick a season ago and you also get a healthy Cordero Patterson who really was the starter and Tyler Algier filled in once Patterson got hurt and went on IR early in the season. Bijan Robinson brings a different dynamic three down running back you know and really just a different running style to uh, Tyler Algier I think it'd be really a nice compliment and uh, it just it makes too much sense there for Atlanta. Sitting there at 44 Atlanta Falcons, They state-in-state They go after Keon Wyatt out of Georgia Tech, 6'5", 285. There, there you go. Had that breakout 2022 season, 14 tackles for loss, seven sacks. Let Ryan Nielsen get his hands on him and see what he can do uh, to really mold this guy as a pass rusher coming off the edge. 6'5", 285 has a lot of length. Um, and then at 75, defensive tackle, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. You, know, you look at, you know obviously, Kileas Campbell, David Onyemata, Brady Jarrett up front. Campbell's not going to be a long-term solution. I think they target another defensive lineman early in the draft. Zach Pickens can absolutely be that guy. Number nine, the Bears. I said maybe Peter Skronsky talking about the offensive line quite a bit, and we know what's going to happen there. You've got Braxton, Braxton Lewis there at left tackle. Tevin Jenkins, not going to be the right tackle. Kick kicking inside the guard you need that right tackle but if jalen carter is there you need help at d tackle absolutely you jump on jalen carter if he's available and that's really in this scenario that i have with my mock draft he is going to be available there for ryan poles and company they pulled the trigger in round number two i think the bears you know you look at cody whitehair penciled in as a starter at center um leader of the locker room but we also know that this guy could be a cap casualty and so I look at Joe Tipman out of out of Wisconsin, 6'6", 3'13", rare size and length. And uh, Pro Football Focus said that he gave up just one sack, five total pressures uh, as a pass protector there for Wisconsin, very strong at the point of attack. I think that would fit. Uh, then ultimately, Cody Whitehair could be released. And then you look at Isaiah Foskey, 60, uh, number 61 overall. You get that edge rusher. They only managed 20 sacks a season ago. Um, you know, look—they were led in sacks by their safety, Jaquan Brisker, with just four sacks. Isaiah Foskey, back-to-back seasons, double-digit sacks. Ran a 4.58 40 at the combine. Bring that long arm to Chicago. And then round number three—where are the Bears going to go in round number three? Well, they get their tackle, Blake Freeland at a BYU, could sneak into, into the second round. 6'8", 302. We know the athleticism. Ran a 4.98 40, and then the record-setting 37-inch vertical leap. Um, you know, short shuttle at, at his pro day, low four threes, three cone drill, right around 7-2. Repped out 225, 25 times. If he can get that lower body strength to go with that upper body strength, he could really be a force. I like Chicago getting another offensive tackle, but they don't have to get one in round one. They could wait until round number two or three. In this case, I've got them taking Freeland at the top of round three. Eagles, number 10. Look, they could go Bijan if he's available. They they brought in Rashad Penny. You got Boston Scott. There's Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Sermon, but they're not Bijan. Three down back, also could be a pass protector. They haven't crafted a running back since Keith Byers was taken with the 10th overall pick in 1986. They've also haven't had multiple first-round picks since 1993. So all this stuff predates Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman traditionally isn't going to draft a running back. But it makes perfect sense if he's there. If he's not, you could go edge rusher. You know, I mean, you have the luxury, this is kind of a luxury pick, but I think really you could use that to solidify that offensive line. Isaac Somalo's gone and Cam Juergens, are you confident in him at right guard? He's ultimately the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey at center. So ultimately you're just one injury away from really having a huge hole so you you have Cam Juergens as Kelsey's backup, you bring in Peter Skaronsky to start right away at guard and then Lane Johnson, I think his contract expires at the end of the 2025 season he's already talked about potentially hanging it up after that so I, I think it makes a lot of sense Bring in Skaronski, be the future right tackle, team with Jordan Mailata. At number thirty, I think that pick is going to be used to trade up. I think ten they could be trading back, and then you look at at thirty they could be trading up. And you know, Nolan Smith, we've already talked about him to the Eagles. I just think that that's a match made in heaven. Uh, Imagine him and Hassan Reddick. They just, you know, the one concern that I have is they look like too much of the same player. I mean, unless you know Hassan Reddick isn't fitting into their 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 long term plans you know if you put the two of those guys together you know unless you're really going multiple you know you've got a strong side linebacker what what exactly is this going to look like are you going to run more of a 34 defense odd man front you know i'd be curious to see exactly how all of this works uh, because those guys really aren't true uh defensive ends if you will that you put in a 43 defense in round number two, I got the Eagles taking Marvin Mims, the receiver out of Oklahoma. You've got AJ Brown, you've got Devonte Smith, each over the thousand-yard mark. Only other receiver over 300 yards was Quest Watkins. I think they could do better than that. You get a guy like uh, Marvin Mims in there, averaged 19 and a half yards per reception, 20 touchdowns. OU had a limited route tree. He's shown, uh, you know, in his pro day, the workouts and everything, that he he has more skill than that. And so I think that makes a lot of sense to bring him in and uh, address that receiver spot. And then at 94 overall, I mentioned that Gardner Johnson and Marcus Epps were gone. JL Skinner out of Boise state 6'4, 209. Like me, he tore his peck. um, working, you know, only he was, he tore it while he was working out for the combine. But this is a guy, look, seven interceptions, 12 pass breakups, nine and a half tackles for loss to play all over the place. You know, Comes downhill, can be a physical presence, can line up in the box if you need him to. I think it just makes too much sense to bring him in as as that safety. Could team with either Reed uh, Reed Blankenship or Terrell Edmonds and really be a force there on the back end of that Philly defense. Uh, Then we we fast forward to Tennessee there at 11. I mentioned C.J. Stroud. Could they go Jackson Smith and Jigba? Could they go with an offensive tackle? Sure. But I think, you know, really that quarterback position, especially if C.J. Stroud is sitting there, I think the Titans would have to pull the trigger. Moving on from there, number 41 overall, there's where you get your receiver. Get Josh Downs in. They lost Robert Wood. They've got to replace his uh, his production. And you look at Downs over the last two years, 194 receptions, over 2,300 yards, and 19 touchdowns. You know, a guy that I think could come in and really be explosive and compliment uh, Traylon Burks quite a bit. Then you look at 72 overall, BJ Ojolari. Uh, Harold Landry's coming off an ACL tear. Um, you know, Arden Key was brought in, but I think they need another edge rusher. Bud Dupree's gone. Ojolari, 16.5 sacks, 25.5 tackles for loss. And, uh, you know, look, Nolan Smith could be an option there for Tennessee in, in round one. I think they could end up getting BJ Ojulari there in round number three. BJ could very well come off the board in round two as well. Green Bay Packers. We know that Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay. It's a Jordan Love show. They get that receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, there at number 13. He could be a guy that can end up running the slot with Christian Watkins and Romeo Dubs on the outside. Um, And then from there, in round number two, the Packers then target a a tight end, Luke Musgrave at number 42 overall. You get the athleticism there. Robert Tanyan's gone. The ageless wonder that is – Mercedes Lewis, I think he's calling it a career. Uh, you bring in Musgrave, I know that he d- hasn't seen a ton of action uh, because, look, you know, he shared time with Tegan Katoriano in 2021, suffered the knee injury in 2022. Small body of work, but the athleticism is absolutely there at that tight end position. And then Antonio Johnson there at 25. Or I'm sorry, at 45. 6'2", 198. You know, you, you, you've got Adrian Amos not there. Darnell Savage was benched during the 2022 season. You bring in Tarvarius Moore on a one-year deal just over the veteran minimum. I think they need a, a starting caliber safety. Antonio Johnson is a guy that can handle the slot. He he can play all over the field as well. I think that would be a great pickup there for the Packers in round number two. And then if we take a look at round three, they need another edge rusher, Rashawn Gary. Tore that ACL, may not be back to start the season. Preston Smith, J.J. Anikbari is going to need some help. Byron Young out of Tennessee, ran a 4-4-3-40 at the combine, 38-inch vertical leap. Uh, you know, I think it was seven or eight sacks on the year as well. This is a guy that can provide much-needed depth up front. Uh, they don't have to waste a first-round pick to get a, an edge rusher like that either. Patriots, 14 overall. I've already mentioned Darnell Wright, why that makes sense for them. Uh, they could go receivers. Zay Flowers, they showed him a lot of attention uh, with the pre draft, visit. Uh, But I look at 46 overall, Jalen Hyatt could very well be that guy. You know, they need a vertical threat to compliment Juju Smith-Schuster who had his best years when Antonio Brown was his running mate. That's why Zay Zay Flowers makes a lot of sense there, helping out that Juju Smith-Schuster combo. But I look at Jalen Hyatt, could be that vertical threat. Jalen Hyatt could come off the board at the end of round one. To me, I get a lot of Corey Coleman and the Will Fuller vibes. I just think the first round is a little bit too rich for, for that type of a player. Round number three. Look, they could have, end up going with a corner early. You look at Jonathan Jones, you look at Jack Johnson. I'm sorry, Jack Jones. A fifth-round steal from last year's draft. They're both undersized. Darius Rush, 6'2", 198. Tremendous length. A guy that can make plays on the football. And uh, he'll bring some of that size to that secondary there for the New England Patriots if they don't go with Joey Porter Jr. there at 14. 15 overall, we know was was the Jets. They get that offensive tackle, Broderick Jones. I think it's pretty well documented what's going on there with the Jets and that offensive line. They need to get that help for sure. I'm looking at 43 overall. Dayon Henley. Uh, look, the linebacker, we know that they signed a three uh, Quincy Williams to a three-year deal. I think they need to add another athletic linebacker with cover skills. Henley, one of the best off-ball linebackers in the draft. Four-five speed, a guy that can cover tight ends, can cover running backs, it's a converted safety. I think it just makes a lot of sense there for the Jets. I penciled him in there before Quincy Williams was re-signed. And I just I just think it, it makes a lot of sense for the Jets to go ahead and pull the trigger there. Moving on to the commanders, I mentioned Dalton Kincaid being that kind of uh, Travis Kelsey type. And if not, I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be their guy there and really be the the, the uh, Commanders' pick. I think it's really one of those two guys. Uh, but when you look at Washington, uh, I look at round two, 47 overall. You can get Keeley Ringo there. I think he's he's absolutely a guy that could be in play. 6-2, 207 You think about it. There are four teams that finished with fewer interceptions than the nine that the Commanders hauled in. Plus, Kyle Fuller is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Get it, get Keely Ringo in there. I think that would make a lot of sense for these guys as well. And then uh, you know, moving on from there, the Commanders in round number three, uh, you look at, at Cody Barton replace Cole Holcomb next to Jamin Davis. I think they can use depth at the position. Dorian Williams out of Tulane was a nice veteran there 132 tackles a season ago eight and a half sacks I'm sorry eight and a half tackles for loss, five sacks couple of interceptions seven pass breakups ran a 4 40 at the combine nearly 34 uh, inch arms he's the guy that I think could be a playmaker there for the commanders makes a lot of sense to me lining him up there as well um, Pittsburgh at 17 I got Joy Porter Jr. talked about that they could go offensive line Dan Moore struggled. They need to bring in a guy that's going to compete with him. I just look at the cornerback position, and there's even you know, more dire straits there for them. I think ultimately they pulled the trigger on the corner. If Joey Porter Jr. is there, they have the history. The coach knows exactly what, what he's getting there. Uh, you know, with the relationship that Mike Tomlin has with Joey Porter senior. Round two, look, they, they need some depth up front. They've lost some guys. Brian Bracy, if he falls to round two, and I think there's a chance that that could happen because of the injuries and, and some inconsistent play at times. Um, you know, I, I think he's shown that he's fully healthy now. Um, you just worry about durability. But uh, you know, 32 overall. If the Steelers can land him, I know that they re-signed Larry Ogunjobi, but they need help up front. I think that'd be a great find. And then Matthew Bergeron, number 49 overall. Uh, this is a guy that can play tackle. He can play guard. I think he can push either, you know, uh, core four, or Dan Moore for a starting spot. I, I think he could also play uh, a mean guard position, and they need help there as well. Um, so I, I think either way, Matthew Bergeron gives them a lot of, uh, really just a lot of options. And then they need edge rush help behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. And, uh, I look at Andre Carter the second out of Army. 6'7", 256, has length for days. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, as a junior, set the single-season sack record there at Army with 15.5 sacks. I think that would make a lot of sense there as well. Tampa sitting there at 19. I think it's a year early for a quarterback. You know, you've got Kyle Trask, you've got Baker Mayfield. See what you have there. I mentioned the offensive tackle, Anton Harrison, and why that would make a lot of sense for Tampa. I think you know that running back spot, look, Lenny's not there anymore. Leonard Fournette. No Leonard Fournette means you could take Bijan Robinson if he's there at 19. Round number two, linebacker position. We know that that's really uh, up in the air. Devin White's asked for a trade. Then you also have Levante David. How much longer is he going to be in a Bucks uniform? Jack Campbell out of Iowa, 6'5", 249. We know the athleticism. 265 tackles that he racked up in the last two seasons there. Four interceptions, seven pass breakups, nine tackles for loss. You see number 31 work in an Iowa uniform. But then he runs that 4'6", 5'40", 37-inch vertical leap, 6'7", 4'3", cone drill. Um, you know That's something that jumps out. And then... You know, that would have put him second among wide receivers at the combine. And then the 4 2 4 short shuttle puts him in the top five as a linebacker. I-, I think ultimately he just makes a lot of sense there. And ultimately he's the insurance policy if Devin White is no longer there. And then safety in round number three. J- Jartavius Martin just feels like a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Put him alongside uh, Antoine Winfield. You lose Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, and uh, you also have Mike Edwards and Keanu Neal leaving in free agency. Juan Martin, seven interceptions, 22 pass breakups, 10.5 tackles for loss. We know he's explosive, that 44-inch vertical leap at the combine. I think that makes a lot of sense. He'll start early for them. The Chargers, a 21, mentioned why they would take Jordan Addison in round one. Then you move on to round two. Could they take his Trojan teammate, Thule Tuipolotu? I think it's absolutely possible. When you look at Tuli, uh, 6'3", 266 pounds, he, he fits kind of that profile. Um, you know when you look at Morgan Fox, you know they're around the same same size, and and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, he could also be an, an outside linebacker for you to take some pressure off of Joey Bosa. You know we know that he went down to injury, and uh, and you've got Khalil Mack there. Um, so this is a guy that can play all over the field. We saw that in Alex French's offense, you know, from from being the wide nine technique, putting his hand in, in the dirt, um, lined up at, at, at the four eye. Uh, also was you know even a linebacker shooting the a-gap and the athleticism is absolutely there uh, a guy that had 13 and a half sacks a season ago powerful hands did you, did you hear him slapping the bags there at uh, at the combine uh, I think the guy that was holding the bag probably needed to be put into concussion protocol um, I, I think keeping another Trojan there in LA would make a lot of sense and then they need a nose tackle as well the run game look they were 28th in, in rushing yards given up dead last in yards per carry Siaki Ika is huge, 6'3", 335 pounds. I think that would music be music to the ears of Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Kenneth Murray. Abu Ika is a dude that's just going to – he's going to eat up blockers, has a little bit of a short short area burst for him as well to wreak some havoc behind the line of scrimmage. Baltimore Ravens at 22, mentioned Deontay Banks, the corner, why they need to take him there in round one. Um, look, they, they signed Tyler Huntley, their Pro Bowl quarterback, So, if things don't work out with Lamar Jackson, they at least have him for a year, evaluate him, and see what happens after that. Um, Baltimore, no picks in round number two, which then means you have to move on to round three for their next selection. And I look at that receiver spot, even with Odell Beckham Jr., I think they will go with a receiver. Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay battled injuries. We know OBJ sat out with the ACL tear, uh, plus, you know, OBJ, Duvernay, and. James Prochet are all in the final year of their contracts. I look at Nathaniel Tank Dell, a, a dude, look, you know, nearly 200 catches over 27 yards, 2,700 yards, 29 touchdowns in his final two seasons at Houston. You watch him at the senior bowl. The dude was virtually uncoverable. Um, just getting in and out of his breaks at full speed, creating an enormous amount of separation. I think that's exactly what the Ravens need there in their offense. 23, I mentioned Emmanuel Forbes why they need that corner there it could be a receiver Jordan Addison could be the guy here to replace Adam Thielen they could also decide to pull the trigger on Hendon Hooker Uh, you know and that's one of the things to where teams could be looking at it saying who's going to be the guy that's going to take you know or the team that's going to take this guy I may need to go ahead and pull the trigger sooner rather than later so that's why we could end up seeing the quarterback go, oh, especially because Minnesota does not have a second round pick. The Vikings could be looking at that, that scenario there if they decide they're going to move on ultimately from Kirk Cousins or at least bring a guy in that's going to compete with him. 87 overall in round number three is the next pick. I look at A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest, 6'3", 198, could be a vertical threat. Ran a sub four five forty. Could separate quick cuts. Back to back thousand yard seasons. Twenty six touchdowns in his final two years. Guy that can make plays all three levels. Has some issues with with uh, with his catching ability at times, some drops. But you take that because this guy can be explosive. I think he can ultimately end up being a high end two uh, for the Vikings. Mentioned Jacksonville. Why Lucas Van Ness makes sense there at number twenty four overall. I just I, I think it really makes a lot of sense. Um, to bring him in and uh, just gives that, you know, it's something that people haven't really been talking about, but I think it would make a lot of sense there. At number 56 overall, they need another corner. Uh, you know Tyson Campbell, impressive year, three interceptions, 15 pass breakups. Darius Williams looked like a viable op- uh, starter opposite him with 16 pass breakups as well. They need another corner that can challenge Williams for a starting spot, but also handle the nickel right away. Cam Smith out of South Carolina, 6'1, 180, broke up 18 passes and held uh, in six interceptions in his three seasons there with Gamecocks. I think that pick makes a lot of sense for Jacksonville. I think they end up pulling uh, the, the trigger on a, on a corner. If it's not in round one, then it's going to be in round two for sure. And then at 88 overall, I have them taking Brenton Strain, the tight end out of Penn State. The user franchise tag on Evan Ingram. Even with him back in 2023, they needed to add another weapon in the passing game for Trevor Lawrence. And think about it. Doug Peterson had two tight ends during his time in Philly with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Strange climbing up draft boards. A guy that really was known as more of a lead blocker in the running game. Could be that H-back type lineup in a lot of different positions. But he's also shown that he can be a weapon in the passing game. I think he would end up being a better pro than he was a college athlete uh, because of the athleticism. You know, there are tight ends. You think of George Kittle and what he was able to bring to the table there for the 49ers. I don't think anyone really, you know, ran a 4 5 140. So, obviously, the, the traits were there. Brenton Strange runs in the four sixes. He's not on the same level as George Kittle, but a guy that does love to block, uh, much like George Kittle does. I think that would be a nice pickup there in round number three for the Jags giants already mentioned brian branch why that makes sense there at number 25 overall the giants aren't going to be done we know that Um, in round two i look at john michael schmitz i think it's you know the giants would be all over him dominant three-year starter there for the golden gophers they need an upgrade over ben bredesen who is right now penciled in as their starter at the center spot i just think that makes a lot of sense they also need a corner to start opposite Adoree Jackson. Riley Moss out of Iowa is a ball hawk. 11 career interceptions, three pick sixes. I think that would be a nice compliment there for Adoree Jackson. Dallas Cowboys. Mentioned Michael Mayer, possibly going after a guy like Bijan Robinson. I think, you know, they were very active in the offseason. They bring in uh, Stephon Gilmore to team with Trevin Diggs and. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks comes in to replace Amari Cooper as a running mate there for C.D. Lamb. They re-signed uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, put the franchise tag there on Tony Pollard. So the Cowboys really making a lot of moves in the offseason, preparing themselves for the draft. You look at round two, Julius Brent, 6'3", 198, has a ton of length. You think about that with Dallas. They already have Trevin Diggs. They have Stephon Gilmore. You bring in a corner there on the outside. That's a formidable group in the NFC East. If you want to get it done, you got Danny Dimes. You also have, obviously, Jalen Hurts. You're going to need guys that can defend on the outside. I think that's where uh, they ultimately focus in round number two. Round three, they need that other running back to complement Tony Pollard. I look at TyJ Spears out of Tulane. 5'10", 201, over 1,500 yards, 6.9 yards per carry a season ago, 19 touchdowns. Um, He's patient, excellent vision, cut on a dime Uh, look at that Trojan game you know willed lanes to a 46-45 victory 205 yards 12.1 yards per carry and three touchdowns in that performance I think that would be a great fit for Dallas Buffalo mentioned Drew Sanders why that makes sense but you know again Buffalo is going to be looking for a few other positions I look at that offensive line. I think they need to target a guy there. You look at Cody Malk, 6'5", 302 out of North Dakota State. Can play tackle, can play guard. I think that versatility is something that the Bills are going to need up front. And then Buffalo in round number three, you look at Tyler Scott. This is a guy that can be vertical. Vertical game, 4'4", 4'40", at the combine. 35.5-inch vertical leap. 5'10", 177, so he's going to play a lot bigger uh, and a larger catch radius despite being under six feet tall. Pro Football Focus also noted that 10 of his 14 career touchdowns went over 30 yards. So that's a guy that could stretch the defense there, opening things up for Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. I really like that fit for the Bills there in round number three. Cincinnati Bengals mentioned Darnell Washington. Gosh, I mean, that just makes a ton of sense, right? Um, Joe Burrow would love to get a guy like that in there. I'm looking at round two. I mean, if you already have Orlando Brown Jr. on one side. why don't you bring in another mammoth tackle? Dewan Jones, six, six, eight, 300, 354 pounds. Just absolute mammoth dude. Tremendous length. Um, you know, thirty-six and a half inch arms. I, I look at him. I, I you know, I see Trent Brown. I see Phil Loadhold, a guy that can end up holding down that right side for the better part of a decade. I mean, you basically have to call an Uber to get around the, those two tackles there and Brown. And, and Jones, I think that'd just be a lot of fun to watch. And then they also need to target that running back spot. Round number three, Joe Mixon was overworked. Uh, Samaje Perine's gone. I look at Zach Evans, five eleven, two hundred two. You know, during his time at TCU and Mississippi, battled injuries, but when he was on the field, he was so explosive. The acceleration, the contact balance, he was smooth as a runner. Can be a, a weapon in the pass attack if Cincinnati's okay with. Um, the durability issues. Then I think he could be a steal in round number three. Mentioned the Saints taking Kalaja Cansey. I, I think that would be a great pick for them if Cansey does fall to them, number 40 overall. I mentioned you know the the, the defensive ends. Look, Marcus Davenport's gone. Carl Granderson, Tano Passagno, Peyton Turner. They're not primed to be starters. I look at Felix DK Uzoma out of K-State, 6'3", 255. A guy that could come off the board early um, in round in round two at number 40 overall. That makes sense. But he could also come off the board at the end of round number one. 20 and a half sacks in his three seasons. A guy that uh, is still developing as a run defender, but he's an exceptional pass rush specialist. So I, I think the Saints, that would be exceptional value for them if they could pull the trigger there in round two. Round three, look, Adam Troutman, Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill, they're solid enough, unspectacular options there at tight end. Get Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State, 6'5", 254. Physical at the point of attack as a blocker, lines up all over the field can present mismatches and a reliable set of hands. You know, a guy that can absolutely make plays on the outside for you. I think that would make a lot of sense there in round number three for the Saints. Then you talk about Kansas City there, 31 overall. Miles Murphy, why that would make some sense. They may have to trade up if they want to target a guy like him who's starting to move down draft boards potentially. Um, round number two, you get another receiver. They have Marcus Valdez-Scantling. They have Sky Moore. They have Kadarius Toney. They're already looking at Zay Flowers potentially. I like a Jonathan Mingo. Go a different direction. 6'2", 220, big physical presence there at the receiver position. You watch him, though, and the route running is, is ridiculous. Just setting guys up creating separation you saw that at the senior bowl dude just guys couldn't cover him and then the question was really does he have the vertical speed but he runs a 44640 at the combine and you put him you know that physical presence as a blocker with that group that's what they're lacking I think that makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs at the back end of round number two if they don't target a receiver in round one and then in round number three Targeted nose tackle to challenge Derek Nottie there for the starting spot next to Chris Jones. I look at Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Could be a second rounder. I have him coming off the board in round number three. I think the Chiefs would be ecstatic to get a player of his caliber there in, in round three if he does fall that far. Um, after that, you know, you're looking at five teams without a first-round pick, and that's Denver, L.A., the Rams, Miami, San Francisco, and Cleveland. So first off, we're going to start with Denver. When you look at Denver Denver doesn't have a pick until round number 3. So when we look at Denver and we're talking about their their picks in round 3, um, you know we know that Russell Wilson struggled. There there were rumors that were floating around. I think it was NBC Sports that was reporting that they would take a a, a run at at Aiden O'Connell. I think that this absolutely makes sense. I could see Sean Payton targeting a quarterback on day 2 even with Russell Wilson in the fold. Aiden O'Connell, pro-style offense at Purdue. Um, commanded the pocket from w- within and uh, showed off tremendous accuracy. Distributor of the football in the short to intermediate game. I think that makes some sense there to to Denver. And then Zach Harrison at, uh, at number 68 overall. Defensive end, look, they let Zach Allen – or they signed Zach Allen in free agency, but they left. Uh, let Sean Williams go after trading away Bradley Chubb. They need to get a rotation going get Allen. You got uh, Randy Gregory. Baron Browning. Is he a true edge rusher? Probably not. Nick Benito there at at an edge rush. Zach Harrison has a ton of length. I think ultimately his fit could very well end up being as a five technique at the next level. And uh, so putting him there in Denver uh, made some sense to me. The LA Rams. They actually have a pick at number 36 overall. Um, No pick in round number one. You know, we know that they released Bobby Wagner. They released uh, Leonard Floyd. They need to put pressure on the quarterback right now. Um, you know, Floyd led the, led the Rams in sacks a season go with nine. With him out of the picture, that means that you know, Michael Hecht's uh, four-and-a-half sacks are the only sacks registered by an uh, outside linebacker on the roster. Will McDonald, the fourth, he's 6'4", 239, 34 sacks, Iowa State's career sack leader. I think he kind of – you know, he has that explosiveness, but if you allow him to play in space like he could do for the Rams, I think you know he could end up being a special edge rusher. So that's why I have him going to the Rams in round number two. Round three, look, we know that Jalen Ramsey's gone. They have uh, Dar- Darion Kendrick, Robert Rochelle starting at, at corner. Kendrick was beaten mightily. Robert Rochelle, not a ton of experience. I look at Tyreek Stevenson. Out of Miami of Florida, six foot, 198 pounds. He's big. He's physical. Excels in press coverage. I think that would be a great fit there for the Rams. Then they also need a receiver. So at 77, Allen Robinson, that experiment did not work. Cooper Cup needs some help. Trey Palmer, six foot, 192, ran a 340 at the combine. Can put stress on the defense vertically. They don't have speed at the receiver position in LA for the Rams and I think that would make a lot of sense Uh, and I think ultimately fans would be happy uh, seeing some speed there at the receiver position. I know Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford would love to see it as well Miami, first pick there number 51 overall, we know that their first round pick was forfeited I think they go running back, they've got uh, Raheem Mostert, they've got Jeffrey Wilson they've got Salvin Ahmed, they've got Miles Skaskin, right they're lacking a true physical presence. Zach Charbonnet of UCLA, foot 14. Look, 6.3 yards per carry there for the Bruins, 27 touchdowns, ran a 4'5", 340. A guy that has that build-up speed. You allow him to get going downhill. And uh, a guy that has a you know, ton of contact balance, runs through arm tackles. Uh, also hauled in 61 passes in his two seasons there at UCLA. Uh, also a solid pass protector. So I think that would make a lot of sense for Miami in round number two. And then, what do they have in round three? Um, obviously, Mike Kosicki's gone in free agency. I think they need to take advantage of the deep tight end class. Luke Scoopmaker of Michigan, a guy that can be physical as a blocker in the running game, but also ran a 4.63.40 6 3 at the Combine, a guy that can be that threat down the field. Michigan was a run-first offense. He's another tight end coming out of the Big Ten that could end up being a better pro than he was in college. So now that takes us to the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco, we know that they don't have a pick in round one or round two, so ultimately that takes us to round number three. And, and where is San Francisco drafting? They're drafting down at the end of uh, end of the, the round, essentially. Um, they've got three picks, 99, uh, 101, and 102. Could they use those picks to move up? It's entirely possible. Um, I look at Clark, Clark Phillips at third. Uh, they need a nickel to battle Miles Hartfield for playing time. Clark Phillips, look, you know, uh, two of his uh, his his six picks went for uh, went for touchdown. Four of his nine career interceptions, nine career interceptions were pick sixes. This guy is a playmaker, a ball hawk. I think that would make a lot of sense for them at 101 overall. They got to target an offensive tackle to. Replace Mike McGlinchey, Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. I don't know that he has the foot speed to be a right to a, be a left tackle, but I, I could see him playing on the right side. And then a safety to complement uh, Talanoa Hufanga. Jimmy Ward's gone. Sean Gibson was brought in, signed to a one-year deal. Christopher Smith out of Georgia is just an intelligent player, instinctive, just in the right place at the right time. I think that goes back to his study, his awareness. I think that'd be a great fit for the 49ers there at the end, very end, last pick of day number two. And the last team that we'll talk about is Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns are another team without a pick in the first two rounds of the draft. So that ultimately means they're going to need to make their picks count there in round number three. And uh, they have two picks. They could use those to package and potentially move up. I'm looking at pick number 74 that they got from the Jets. And I'm looking at Derek Hall. Uh, the defensive end out of Auburn. Uh, this is a guy who's quick off the football. He has 34-inch arms, um, you know, violent hands at the point of attack. They need to get another edge rusher to help out uh, Miles Garrett. They have you know uh, Okoronkwo o- there, uh, but I think they just need to get some additional help there. Derek Hall can absolutely be that guy. Tremendous athlete, still working, you know, work in progress. Can be physical at the point of attack. Needs to to get better at getting home more often. Now I also look at at the defensive line, uh, defensive tackle position. I've already mentioned Miles Garrett and Ogbo Okoronkwo on the interior. They've got Dalvin Tomlinson. He was signed to start next to Jordan Elliott. They've got Tristan Hill. They've got Maurice Hurst. They've got Perrion Winfrey. They really don't have an interior pass rush presence. I'm looking at a. An undersized defensive tackle by the name of Daywan Johnson out of Toledo, 6'2", 285. and really when I look at, at him, you know he's he's in Ohio, he's an Ohio dude, and could he come off the board much later? Absolutely, but I, the production is really what I can't get past. You know that's that's really the thing. You know, uh, just a ton of of tackles for loss and uh, fourteen and a half sacks to his credit. Um, he is undersized, but he's explosive. I think you can play defensive end. Frankly, you can also play defensive tackle. He'll give you some versatility there if you're Cleveland, so you really shore up both that edge rush and uh, that that defensive line overall. Uh, be able to help out Miles Garrett getting after the quarterback. That's something that they struggle to do, and uh, you know, with any consistency, uh, because when you think about it, Miles Garrett had 16 sacks in 2022. No other player was able to manage more than three. That's a problem. So being able to add two guys there in round number three makes a lot of sense. They could go running back, somebody else to pair up with, with Nick Chubb. But I think really shoring this up gets, take advantage of of that value on your early day three at that running back position. So that's really my analysis to go along with my final mock draft. And I am so excited that the draft is finally here. I can't wait for Roger Goodell to step to the podium and really really open things up for business with the NFL draft. Once the draft is complete, we will have a post-draft edition. We'll take a look at every draft pick, all 259, all three days of the draft. We'll talk through the the, the, the teams, what they did, the draft strategy. Did they address all of their concerns? All the holes that they needed to fill? Are they great fits? We'll talk through all of that. What were the best spots you know which teams had the best draft. I mean, is there anyone that that looks like they could be the next Seattle Seahawks? Because I, I tell you, every single one of those guys was was a hit uh, that we mentioned earlier. It's just it's it's wild that they were able to put together such a such a strong haul. But that's what makes all of the work worth it. All of the analysis, the the, the game study, understanding who these players are and their games and what might be the best fit for a particular organization. That's really what these, what it's all about for these teams. And really this is where the scouts can put their work on display and really be able to showcase things. I hope you've enjoyed the content and enjoy the ride. You know, this is a lot of months of work being put into Really, this last mock draft. And I'm super excited to see how everything plays out. I hope you are as well. I hope I've gotten you ready for the NFL draft because it is here. April 27th through the 29th in Kansas City, Missouri. And then we will do the post-draft edition before we put a bow on the 2023 podcast series. So... Until next time, everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Sit back, relax, enjoy the draft, and until next time, everyone, I am out of here.